with a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the marquee games for Week 11 across the NFL, including the Sunday and Monday Nighters. Andy's also going to offer up a tasty sandwich game of the week, and I'll toss in a Moneyline Matty pick as well. But first, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy the Prognosticator Attridge. How you doing, pal? I am excellent, Matty. Um, did pretty well on the bets. Uh, but any week where the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and the Rams lose and my 49ers win, I mean, you can't beat that. I know we talked about it on the show last week about the injuries just decimating the 49ers. Yeah. But, man, where has that 49ers defense been? You know, I, that, that defense that I saw last week, that's a defense that can get them to compete in the NFC West. Well, all it takes is a spark like Jimmy Ward, right? Because I think yeah. that was his first game back. So he gets the sort of Hail Mary uh, slash fair catch interception right off the bat. And then he gets a second one in the first quarter. And then it just was downhill from there for them. It was great. It was great to watch. I hadn't seen them play like that uh, probably since last year. Well, and there was a big bonus for me last week as well because the Bears had a bye, so they can't lose on a bye. I think only the Lions can do that. Yeah, they can. They did. <laughs> yeah. So also, uh, you know, we like to talk about coaching, how it impacts the game of football. And Mike McCarthy this week, he he decided to do a little special motivating of his own. He handed out bottles of monkey butt to motivate the Cowboys ahead of this Falcons game. What do you think of that, man? Well, I, I saw that. His actual quote was, this past week, coming off that ugly performance against Denver, McCarthy dubbed it R-A-W, meaning red-ass week. In other words, get mad, take it personally, and then get on the field and take it out on the Falcons. But to reinforce that message, McCarthy actually had staff going around the locker room and handing out monkey butt bottles. Now, what's monkey butt? It's anti-chafing powder. It's got a variety of different uses. For instance, if you're sore from, hmm, I don't know, getting your butt kicked like they did the last week, well, get yourself some mucky butt. And as always, Matthew, I like to do my research. And I went a little deeper, and I find, found out a few other things that Mike McCarthy has done to motivate his players in the past. And I found exactly five. Number five. Anyone who goes on the COVID list gets 24 hours in Jerry Jones's germ-free chamber. I've constructed a germ-free chamber for myself. Not a single microbe can get in or out. Number four. Every week after a loss, Naked Thursdays. You know about Naked Thursdays, right? <laughs> hey, hey. I thought Naked Thursdays was just our thing, man. Number three. The old-fashioned Dallas Cowboy standard. Hookers and blow. Hookers and blow. Amazing. Number two. The last Friday of every month is Bring Your Mistress to Work Day. I just committed adultery. You didn't commit adultery. I did. Oh, yeah. If I didn't do it with you, I would have done it with someone else. Well, I, I wouldn't want you to do that. You know, there's a lot of losers out there. And now, the number one. 15 minutes of alone time with Jerry Jones's personal glory hole. I want me some glory hole. Let's fire it up. Oh, yeah! Yeah. 
fucking go. For our first matchup of the weekend, we're going to head to Minnesota for a big NFC North showdown. Of course, Green Bay coming to town. Minnesota are one and a half point underdogs at home with a 49 over under. And dude, uh, I think Minnesota's in a good spot here. The, The line started at two and a half gone down to one and a half obviously some sharp money is moving in on minnesota if it's this early in the week well you know we picked them last week against the chargers which turned out uh, to work out in our favor um mike zimmer barely got out of his own way you've got dalvin cook in the backfield you've got the worst rushing defense third and goal on the one yard line and you pass the ball Now, that's kind of excusable, but he did it twice. Why do you even ponder passing? Let's ask Pete Carroll and Malcolm Butler how that works out. So, anyway, they squeaked out a win. um, And now they're playing Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is back off his, you know, COVID protocol week. They're looking like they got things normalized. Let me just give you some, some quarterback stats here, okay? Fire away, buddy. All right. So, completion percentage. 68.3 68.3 passing yards to date 2434 touchdowns registered 18 versus two interceptions with a quarterback rating of 104 you probably think i'm talking about aaron Rodgers, but i'm not those are kirk cousins stats for the year so far oh he's on fire 18 pass touchdowns and two interceptions a nine to one ratio that's uh the best touchdown to interception ratio in a season in minnesota's history that's not too bad man yeah not at all and let's also look at the green bay injuries for this week obviously no aaron jones um mcl problem definitely not going to be in for this week and he's a huge part of their offense second on that depth chart for the running back is aj dillon who's a great red zone running back, but at 250 pounds, he's more of a fullback and he's used for short-term yardage. I don't see them getting it. I don't see them getting a lot of yards on the ground. And then if you couple that on defense, uh, veteran pass rusher, Whitney Merciless is now in the injured reserve with torn biceps. They still don't have pro bowl cornerback Jair Alexander back and all pro offensive tackle. David Bakhtiari will still likely be out. Yeah, they're, They've been decimated. I'm actually surprised they've been as good as they have been, seeing how injured they've been. Uh, Green Bay's also been uh, spread beaters this year, nine and one against the spread against Minnesota's five and four. But I, I'm really liking Minnesota in this spot. Uh, I feel like they've been playing really well. I think Green Bay is a beatable team. You know what? I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings here at home. In fact, I think I'm going to take them on the money line. They're my first money line Maddie pick this week. Oh! Oh! Yeah, I think the key to this one is going to be Dalvin Cook. Uh, the Vikings have a much superior red zone team, and that applies to both offense and defense. And that's been the Achilles heel for the Packers at least the first part of the season. Yeah, I like I like the Vikings at home. Go Vikings. Everybody knows that the Packers Next up, we head to Kansas City, where the Chiefs are two and a half point favorites against visiting Dallas Cowboys. 
56 and a half is your over under. And do you finally think that uh, the gambling world, some of the shine has come off of uh, Kansas City? Two and a half points seems like a pretty reasonable spread. No, I, I still think they're overrated. Well, I mean, this is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You know, Dallas, you know, for the most part, has been playing really well this season until they laid that egg against the Broncos. But last week would dictate that they've righted that ship. Yes, KC had won last week and done so convincingly against the Raiders, but they've been up and down, you know, more than a, a what do you call a fidgety clowns yo-yo. Up and down like a horse draws. As I say, they're both coming off convincing wins, but Casey's defense still sucks. I mean, they're 20th in points allowed per game, 26th in the league in yards allowed per game, and without Edwards Hilaire in the backfield, they've been rushing under 100 yards per game. And Mahomes is actually getting the lion's share of those yards. And speaking of Mahomes, only Joe Burrow and Sam Darnold have more interceptions. Well, the Cowboys' defense is going to present a huge problem for Mahomes this week. They've allowed 180 pass yards per game since week six. That's the second fewest in the actual, like across the whole league. Uh, Dallas also has not allowed a 300-yard passer since week four. They've really tightened things down when it comes to teams being able to air it out on them. And then you add to that, Dak Prescott, he owns the Blitz. He leads the NFL with 16 pass touchdowns versus the Blitz this season. And KC's a blitzing team. They've blitzed on a third of dropbacks. That's the sixth most in the NFL. This game really shapes up nicely for the Cowboys. Uh, The number two ranked offense, KC's got the 30th ranked defense. I actually agree with you. I was just posing the question at the at the front. I actually think the wrong team's favored here. Maybe only slightly, but I think the wrong team's favored. I, I like the Dallas Cowboys to go in and KC and win outright. They're my next money line Maddie pick this week. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I'll co-sign that with you, Maddie. Uh one one stat that stood out to me more than anything else. Um second in the league in point differential at plus 89 in the NFC. That's that's pretty that's pretty impressive. I'm going with Dallas. Now, second, Jerry Jones, another Cowboys owner, and uh, he's disappointed, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's a good guy, though, man. He's, he's talking about rebuilding the team, you know? And he told me, he says, we have to get back to what made us a championship team. Strippers and crack. To the city of brotherly love. And uh, has anybody found out who was the one that cracked the Liberty Bell? I digress. Uh, Minus one and a half, the Philadelphia Eagles are favored at home against the visiting New Orleans Saints. Uh, 43 is your over-under for this. And, uh, well, Phillies actually seem to come together as a team over the last four weeks. They're they're starting to play some pretty good football. I I agree. I've I've been on their side probably a little bit longer than I should have, but as, as of late... Uh, especially at Mile High last week, they did exactly what I thought they'd do. Oh, by the way, Maddie, I think it was uh, I think it was Rocky Balboa that cracked the Liberty Bell in a in a sparring match. Toss him over, it's over. With the, he was sparring with the bell. That's that's actually pre- that's pretty on brand. I feel like a Kentucky Fried Idiot. Now the Saints, on the other hand, they played a tough Tennessee team last Sunday and hung in right there until the end, only losing by two points. And covering, which was our pick, by the way, or at least my pick. Uh, 
And they have Buffalo on deck on the big Thanksgiving evening game. Making this? It's an almost wise guys sandwich game. What are you? An idiot sandwich. The Eagles are third in the league in rushing behind only the Browns and the Ravens. And in the last three games, they're averaging over 200 yards on the ground. And that's at least 50 yards better than the next closest team. Ironically, that whole rushing game picked up after Miles Sanders went on the IR. Boston Scott and your guy from the Bears, Jordan Howard, have more than picked up the slack. And with Alvin Kamara being a big question mark for the running game, it's going to rest solely on Mark Ingram. If the Eagles can get out to an early lead and force Trevor Simeon to go to the air, it could be a really long day for New Orleans. Trivia time, Andy. Ooh, okay. There have been three instances since 1980 of a team having 175 or more rushing yards in three straight games with no player having 100 or more rush yards in any of those games. Okay, so there's three teams. The first one, obviously, we now know is the 2021 Philadelphia Eagles. Would you be able to hazard a guess as to the other two? It's a tough question. 1992 Kansas City Chiefs with Christian Okoye and Barry Ward? Mm. Nope. Uh, The Raiders with Marcus Allen and Bo Jackson? Mm. No, but you know what? I played kind of a trick on you because it's uh, almost a trick question. The other two teams were the 2017 Eagles and the 1990 Eagles. Excuse me? A baking powder? Holy crap, okay. So, just wow. a, it, I, it was a bizarre stat that I found. It, I, I had no idea until I read it. So, pretty interesting. But I'm with you. I think the Philadelphia Eagles, like I said off the top, they're playing some fantastic football. Um, they're coming at you from... One thing I like about that stat is they're, they're generating a lot of yards for the team. But it's actually like three different guys that you got to watch. And for a defense, that poses a problem having to watch that many... Uh, people in the backfield or, or guys coming across the formation because it screws up coverage. The Saints have been pretty exceptional against the rush this season. They're allowing 72.9 rush yards a game. That's the fewest in the NFL. But man, uh, I really like I, I, I like the sandwich game uh, analogy here. I'm with you. I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles to uh, cover the spread. Now, one would think that this game being played in the city of brotherly love that we go to a Philly cheesesteak. However, it's not a sandwich game for the Eagles. It's a sandwich game for new Orleans. I'm going to invite all the players to go down and order a fried seafood po' boy at the Parkway bakery and tavern on Hagen Avenue in new Orleans. It's tough to decide between the fried oyster and fried shrimp. But if you go for the latter, there are plump crustaceans sheathed in a crisp golden crust tucked into an airy loaf of Nola-style French bread and fully dressed with lettuce, tomato, pickles, and mayo. It is ideally accompanied by a chili bottle of French Quarter-founded Barks Root Beer. Barks, the one with bite! What do you mean Barks has bite? Johnny? What do you mean Barks has bite? And our first primetime game of the weekend, Sunday night, we had to Los Angeles where the Chargers are five and a half point favorites against the visiting Pittsburgh Steelers. 47, you're over under on the game. And the Chargers, uh, 
you know, just when you think they're up, they start to go down. Is this a trend? They're consistently inconsistent. Is that a trend? <laughs> that is a trend. Yeah, I mean, they let Dalvin Cook march all over them to the tune of 94 on the ground and another 20 through the air. But we knew that going into the game because the Chargers were giving up the most yards in the entire league uh, rushing. And they're still at the bottom of that list. In fact, by far, uh, they're allowing 155 yards. And guess what? The Steelers have one of the hottest running backs in the league with Najee Harris, who's sixth in rushing yards. He also has over 300 yards receiving, which, to put that in perspective, is more than Sammy Watkins, Calvin Ridley, and Cedric Wilson. Dude, he is on pace for 416 touches. That would actually be the third most by a rookie in NFL history behind Hall of Famer Eric Dickerson, uh, who had 441 touches, and uh, another Hall of Famer, Edgar and James, who had 431 touches. So they're utilizing him hard, and they're coming into Los Angeles, where the Chargers, well, they have a really hard time against the run. Well, you've got Mason Rudolph, who's the backup quarterback, with 15 passing attempts against the Lions. Obviously, they didn't win that game, but I don't really I don't really understand that game plan when you've got a guy like Harris. On the injury side, TJ Watt is questionable with a both knee and a hip injury, which he suffered against Detroit. All-pro safety, Minka Fitzpatrick has tested positive for COVID, won't be playing. But here's the thing, Matthew, and I'm going to make a pretty big prognostication on this one. The Chargers injury report on Wednesday, only one, only one starting defensive lineman was practicing. That was Justin Jones. This includes guys on the IR and COVID list. It's mostly their practice squad. Sorry, don't care how good your quarterback, Justin Herbert, or your skilled position players like Austin Eckler. If you've got no D-line, that makes for a likely disaster. So my big prognostication is that Najee Harris gets over 150 total yards, probably is going to end up with closer to 200. So you like the Najee Harris props? Because yeah. it'll probably be like over 96 and a half or something like that, right? That's probably what the prop will end up as. For what, what we're going to see on, on Sunday night. Yeah, I, yeah, he could probably double his expected total. Uh, I'm with you. I, I like the Steelers here to cover the six points. In fact, I don't even mind if you like three or try bets, you know, the three-way bet where you uh, can do any result within, you know, plus or minus six points because I think this game will be close. These two teams will play close. Yeah, you're right. It's a relatively low total at 47, so a try bet totally makes sense. In our final primetime game of the weekend, the Monday Nighter, we head to Tampa Bay where the Buccaneers play host to the New York Giants. The Bucks are 10.5 point favorites with a 49.5 over under total. And uh, including playoffs, six of Tom Brady's eight career games versus the Giants have been decided by four points or fewer. And in those games, a 3-3 three and three record. I think I remember two of them quite well. <laughs> oh right they were in the super bowl 
and Tom never forgets. Tom never forgets, but this line, double digit, not only is it teaser protection, this is planning on Tom being an FU mode. And I, I was I was licking my chops when I saw this because this 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 line's way too high. Yeah, the G Men have been playing defense. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, once you win a Super Bowl, you are you are so in the spotlight, and this was such a great week. So after the loss, Bruce Arians was extremely disappointed with their performance, calling them, quote-unquote, very dumb, and also taking some responsibility for not getting them prepared. However, he pointed out uh, to Brady's two picks as the quarterback's fault rather than the receiver's. Now, granted, you know Brady was playing without Antonio Brown and Gronkowski against Washington, but they could miss this game as well. And by the way, when you got those two guys out, why are you throwing to Mike Evans only three times? He got two passes for 62 yards. These are thoughts. These are things that make you say. Yeah, I thought that was really bizarre as well because Evans is so dependable. Uh, Tampa Bay's had really hard time against the spread this year. Three and six. That's not very good. And now they're they're facing a double-digit spread. I, I, I'm liking the New York Giants to at least keep it within 10. Well, the New York football giants are also getting Saquon Barkley back, which will help them immensely. But even in his absence, since week seven, they've been outscoring opponents 65 to 39. And in that time, Danny Dimes has tossed four TDs and only one pick. So if he doesn't turn the ball over and they keep playing solid football like they are, absolutely they can cover a double-digit spread. And finally, we head to the teaser section of the show where, well, both Andy and I give you a teaser we like to get down on for the weekend. Andy, what do you like? I like both my legs of the teaser because they both check all the boxes. Both totals are under 50. Both are at home and both are going through the key numbers of 3, 4, and 7. We mentioned earlier that we like the Vikings at plus 1.5. I love them at plus 7.5. We're going to go to the left coast into Seattle where they are underdogs against division rival the Arizona Cardinals, and we're going to take them through from 2.5 to 8.5. So again, Vikings, Seattle Seahawks. So I'm taking two road dogs as my, uh, as my teasers this year, so not checking all the boxes. But first, I like uh, Dallas going into KC. They're 2.5-point uh, underdogs right now. I suggest taking them to eight and a half points that going through the key numbers of three and seven. So it checks those boxes. And then of course we were just talking about the giants going into Tampa Bay and how that spread is way too high. So let's make it higher in favor of the giants. So go take it from minus or pardon me, take it from plus 10 and a half for the giants all the way up to plus 16 and a half. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Well, thank you for listening to week 11 of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our website, almostwiseguys.com, for additional content and picks from all week 11 games across the NFL. From the Cosa Nostra studios for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. 
If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week, not at the same bedtime, but early to pick up those Thursday turkey games on the Same Bet channel. Sayonara. Just relax your Right. Don't think that I